0: The Knott family mystery. Christmas Eve 2020, a family vanishes in the middle of the night. The front door left wide open, both cars in the driveway, the table set for dinner. The only clue left behind, a note saying they're acting of their own free will. Where did the Knott family go and why? I'm Dawn Christensen, and you're listening to the Knot Family Mystery Podcast about the unsolved disappearance of Ray and Carla Knot and their six children.
1: Is the coast clear? Great. Welcome to the
2: secret version of Untying the Knot's. When you first consider changing your family configuration, whether it be divorce, legitimation, a custody action, and whether you thought about it on your own or your spouse has raised the issue, your brain gets filled with an extraordinary amount of questions and an extraordinary amount of emotions. I'm Dawn. And I'm Kristen. And we're going to be answering all of your family law questions
1: in hopes that it will help alleviate some of the unknowns you're wondering about. Welcome to Untying the Knots.
2: Between the two of us, we have 45 years of legal experience. We've been involved in over a thousand cases, including our own. We've handled all types of issues
1: involving families, including same-sex marriages, divorces, custody modifications, and child support. We've had clients who've been married and divorced to each other multiple times, and we've helped people who have been together for as little as two weeks, and those who've been together for over 30 years. Our hope is that you use this podcast like a search engine by scanning through our show notes for the main Untying the Knots podcast or on the podcast tab of our website to see a list of every question that we answer. We will give you the exact time on which episode to look for in both the main version of the podcast and the secret version.
0: I've been a homemaker and a stay-at-home mom through most of the marriage. Am I gonna have to get a job
2: now? Uh, The short answer is yes.
1: But why? Because we decided that I didn't have to work like 10 years ago. And I know we're getting divorced. I don't even want the divorce. Why should I have to go get a job now? He should keep paying.
2: And I get it. That's a legitimate concern you have. And it makes no sense. You don't want the divorce. This was an agreement you had. I can't tell you how often when we were still in court in person that I heard the lectures that judges gave to courtrooms full of Mm -hmm. people that were there for calendar calls that was exactly focused on, I know you all agreed you would be a stay-at-home parent. Correct. I know you all agreed you wouldn't work but you are getting a divorce. Things are changing. Life changes. So you have to work. And one of the reasons is, is that goes to the issue of alimony. Right. Right. That alimony in Georgia is based on need versus the ability to pay. And we don't have, well, we we never had statutorily, but we really in practice don't have lifetime alimony anymore.
1: No, no. And... um. Look, there is no situation where it's going to make sense for a court to award alimony to someone in the amount they need to continue living and not working. It just is not likely to happen. I know it's a transition. I've had many cases with people who are reentering the workforce after a long time, and that is hard. And there are some steps you'll likely need to take before you can just enter the workforce in the job that you want or that you even have education for. But that's something to talk to your attorney about strategically and also be prepared to start taking courses or to start volunteering to update your resume, to go on LinkedIn, to start networking and make relationships to help you merge back into the job world.
2: And the reason is, you know, the the alimony that's available is rehabilitative alimony, right? right? What will it take to rehabilitate you to get into the workforce, right? right? And it may be that your settlement or the court will build in some educational costs. Maybe you need to go back for recertification or you got to go back to school. It will certainly recognize that you can't get up on your feet earning your full budget. Really, your needs, reasonable needs, reasonable needs, reasonable needs that don't include typically pool people and (laughs) $500 a month in beauty and grooming, right? And $1,000 handbags, right? Or boob jobs
1: or boob jobs. (laughs) I mean, they just don't. I know. Wait, all of our examples were about women. What do men
2: spend their money on unreasonably? Oh, they spend money on cars. Yes. I have so many men spending. I can't tell you how many. Just this week, in one case, I had a Lamborghini, a Mercedes, a Tesla, and one other high-end car. Right? So you know, men spend their in boats,
1: right? right? It's
2: like hunting
1: clubs. I see that those will not be considered reasonable expenses. Exactly. And that goes to if whether or not you have the ability to pay, it may be that those payments you're making towards your boat aren't considered necessary and reasonable.
2: Right, right. Because <laughs> the, they're probably not. The judge may not buy that I'm so broke I can't m- buy alimony because I got a, I got four car payments and a boat payment, right? Right. Um, but on the other hand, when we say need, reasonable expenses, versus ability to pay, the court is not going to make a party print money. Right. Or find it on a tree. Right. right? If they have this established pattern of making X number of dollars this is what their gross is. This is what their net is. They're not going to say, and you're asking for 75% of it. It's just not going to so happen. so reasonable. Yeah. So, um, and they're certainly going to want to see some evidence that the non-working spouse has begin to, begun to think about and looking at jobs. So Definitely. Yeah, you're going to have to work. And to wrap your head around that, um, um, particularly if you're a woman and you have a female judge, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Yeah. I've been divorced for a couple of years and my ex has stopped paying child support. How do I go about getting the money healed?
1: So, there is recourse when there's a court order requiring one party to pay child support for the support of the child and they choose not to follow that court order. That would be called filing a motion for contempt. Really, I guess the formal name is a petition for citation of contempt. And What that petition is asking the court to do is to hold the party accountable for not following the judge's order by paying the amount due. So typically that's filed, the other party has to be served with it, and then there's a court date that happens. And at that court date, you would explain to the judge or your attorney would explain to the judge what you're owed under the child support um, order. And it really is the burden and obligation of the paying party to prove that they have been paying the support, but you know it may also be your obligation to prove that they had the ability to to pay it. Regardless, there is recourse, and um,
2: typically judges do not like when people don't take care of their kids financially. That's true. They really don't like that. That I'll give you another avenue of recourse. In most states, they we have state run agencies in Georgia, it's called the Office of Child Support Enforcement. Mm -hmm. So you could go through the agency rather than filing a separate action in court for contempt. You could ask that agency, the Child Support Enforcement Agency, to seek what's owed in child support. And they have some remedies under federal law that allows them to do things like intercept federal tax refunds. They also have the ability to take driver's licenses from people who aren't paying child support. Now, that's always kind of blown my mind because, like, what? We're going to take somebody's driver's license How they, gonna so get they to work? can't go to work, so they can't earn the money right. to pay the child support. Right. At
1: what age will I no longer be required to pay child support?
2: Well, in Georgia,
1: the child support laws are that you pay child support until a child either graduates from high school or turns 18 that's the general rule. However, if that child stays in high school and up until the age of 20, you can be required to pay child support until the child graduates. But after 20, if the child is no longer in high school, that is the end of a child support
2: obligation. Or even if the child somehow is still in, I don't know how they would still be in past age 20, but you would not be required to pay it. You know, the, the question, the follow-up question to that that people frequently ask is, Well, my child turned 18 in the middle of his senior year. Can I stop paying in February when he turned 18?
1: No. It is whichever happens last. Right.
0: So
2: Graduation or
0: 18. Right. I recently lost my job and had to take something that paid much less. Can I renegotiate our settlement for alimony or child support payments?
1: Typically, yes. So there's a way to do that through the law, which is that you can file for a modification, asking the court to change the amount of child support and maybe alimony that really depends on the language that was in your original settlement agreement as to whether that's modifiable. Very, very often alimony is not modifiable. But as to child support when there has been an involuntary loss of income.
2: That's significant. It can't be, oh, I'm making a little bit right. less. It's, right. I was, it, yeah, some kind of percentage. In order to invoke the court's ability to change and modify that. The deal is, though, on child support, it won't be retroactive. Mm-mm. So what a lot of people do is they lose their job or they're paid a lot less and they don't act on it forever. and But they don't pay their full amount of child support. Well, it's still accruing. It's still accruing. You could still be held in contempt. So the minute it changes and it's significant, you need to file because it can be modified from the date of filing forward. But a lot of people screw up. You know, they'll have their ex-spouse say, oh, don't worry. I know you lost your (laughs) job. I'm not going to hold you responsible for that. And then 18 months later, she files for contempt. Exactly. So yes, you can modify it if you have a significant change in income. And in alimony, if the settlement agreement or the court order allows it to be modified. What do I do if I want to change our custody arrangement after the divorce has been finalized? That's a big question. It is a big question. Right, it's a big question. So let's let's take the easier one. (laughs) Y'all want to modify the custody arrangement because you've reached an agreement on it. Maybe the kids have gotten older, one wants to live with another one. Maybe y'all want to go from doing an every other weekend to a 50-50 and you've reached an agreement. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. If you all have agreed to it, you need to put it in writing and file it with the court. Right. If you want to modify custody, um, as opposed to just parenting time. So custody can be mm-hmm. who the child primarily resides in, right? Right who the child primarily resides with you're going to have to show a change in circumstances. So, and it's got to be something that's material that's happened. Like maybe your the the other parent now has a drinking problem or a mental health issue or the court now the child now has special needs that weren't contemplated and the other parent can't meet them. You've got to have some material change in circumstance to support that request for change in custody. Right.
1: Because as we've talked about in the answer to other questions, the court is interested in stability and fostering that continuity for the child. So there needs to be, as you said, some material and a, a, a big reason that the court says, okay, let's really change what these kids have been doing and thriving under to another set of circumstances.
2: Now to change parenting time, which in the past sort of the antiquated version um, or word that we've used for that is visitation, like one party still has primary custody and the other party kind of quote unquote I hate this visits their kids on the weekend. You don't have to show that big material change, but in my experience, the judge is looking for okay. Why why should I do this? Why should I do this? Right? Are the kids thriving? The kids are doing well. Yeah. So I think you have to ask yourself.
1: Because the court's always looking at, and as parents, you know, we should be looking at what's in the best interest of our children. And so why, why do we want to make this custody change? Has one parent moved? I mean, that's significant. Has one parent moved and now the arrangement is no longer feasible? Is the child struggling
2: in school? Let me tell you what it is. He's got a girlfriend, and I do mm. not want those children around the girlfriend. Denied wait. so so people come to us all the time. And Denied, then, and when we dig Overruled. below it, it's really about the new right. paramour right? So it's like really
1: dial in. Is this about your child? How's your kid doing? Or is this about you, right? So the court's going to sift through that.
2: Do alimony payments last forever? Nope gone are the days of lifetime alimony in fact i'm not sure that we've had lifetime alimony in decades particularly here in georgia what it is is primarily rehabilitative alimony what is the minimum amount you need to get you on your feet and able to earn and support yourself not necessarily to the same level you were living before right this podcast will be updated every few months to reflect any development in the law and any additional questions you might have. If there's a question you haven't heard answered, email us at info at and we'll add it to one of our updates. Please
1: share this podcast with any of your friends or family who have family law-related questions. If you are in the state of Georgia and would like to reach out to our offices, please call us at 404-909-8300. Or email us at info at The
0: content on untying the knots does not constitute legal advice or the practice of law by Kristen Files Don Smith or Smith and Files LLC. Listening to the podcast does not form an attorney-client relationship between you and the podcasters. All listeners should consult with a qualified legal professional regarding their individual questions needs or issues that may be of concern. We are not responsible for any action taken by a reader based upon any information on this site. All of the content on the podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. Don Smith and Kristen Files are licensed to practice law in Georgia.